and then I'm going to quit. And we're going to spend the rest of the time for questions and answers. Okay? So if you have any questions, prepare, be thinking about them now. There's a page in your notes for questions. I think it's right after this, the, the holidays uh, lesson. There's a, a blank page that says question and answer. So if you have any questions, think about them now. I should have told you this at the start. If you have any questions, write them down on that blank page. And then in, what we're going to do is I'll take a few minutes to teach a little bit of the holidays and evangelism lesson. And then, and then we're going to go to Q&A, and we'll do a little bit of Q&A to wrap the morning up, okay? I say the morning even though it is actually technically afternoon. All right. So Jewish evangelism, Jewish holidays and evangelism. I want to talk about that. Jewish holidays are so neat. Um, let me go to the next slide right away. So most Jewish people are not very religious. Only a small minority of them are actually faithfully religious. Um, but in spite of that, the vast majority of them still love their Jewish culture and holidays. Okay, they still have Jewish culture, they still have these holidays, and they love them. Now that may sound weird to you. You're like, well, if you don't believe in the religion, why would you even like the holidays? And my answer to you would be, I don't know. Why is it that everybody in Eaton doesn't go to church every Sunday, but they all still celebrate Christmas? You know, you have lost neighbors, right? They still do Christmas? Yeah, why? Because it's fun? Because it's our culture? Because the lights are pretty and the, the, the cookies taste good and everybody likes presents? And family getting together and having a big meal? I mean, it's wonderful, okay? Jewish people are the same way. The vast majority of them don't really buy into the religion anymore, but they're still doing the holidays. And the really good, oh, okay, let's, next slide. Uh, and, and the fun thing about it is that every holiday has its special stuff in it. They have special foods, just like, you know, we have turkey at Thanksgiving. They have special foods that go with every holiday, special treats. Uh, there's traditions, there's songs, there's all kinds of stuff. Every holiday has its own special stuff. Um, and the cool thing is that God has placed in every one of the Jewish holidays a symbol of Messiah and of the gospel. Okay, so this is very cool. In all the Jewish holidays, you can find the gospel, okay? So their holiday, their tradition, but it has the gospel in it, and we can use that as a witnessing tool. We can go to them and use their holidays to do that. So one of the things that we teach people to do is to study the Jewish holidays, study their culture and their holidays. Now, why, why do we want to study their holidays? Some people go around saying, oh, we just need to study the Jewish culture because it's so wonderful, and we need to be just like the Jewish people. Okay, so cultures are cultures. They have good, they're good moments and they're bad moments. Jewish culture has good stuff and it has some stuff that's not so good. Okay, just like everybody else's culture. Okay, we don't study Jewish culture because I want you all to become Jewish. We study Jewish culture so that we can use it to share Christ with them. That's why we're studying the Jewish culture, to use it to share the gospel, to, 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 to show love, to build relationships, and to show the gospel. Now, how do I use the holiday? Okay, the first of all is I have to study it. Now, when I study the holiday, there are three things in particular I study. First of all, I know, want to know the biblical or the historical foundation. Okay, where did this holiday come from? What's it about? Because you need to know the story behind the holiday. Okay, number two, I want to know how Jewish people today celebrate it. Because a lot of times they celebrate it differently than it was originally given. So it was originally given this way, but now they, they celebrate it this way. And so... That's the thing the Jewish people are going to know the most, and so you need to know that. And then thirdly, I want to know, how can I share the gospel? So where did it come from? Where's the origin? How do they celebrate it? 
How can I use it to witness? Those are the three things that I want to know about the holiday. Now, before each Jewish holiday, you can go to the work of studying that holiday. Or, next slide, you can go out to my table and you can sign up with, for something called the Light Bearers Letter, and I will send you an email before the holiday saying, hey folks, the Jewish holiday of Purim is coming up. Here's where it came from, here's how they celebrate it, here's how to witness on it. And so I will send you either a letter or a video or a letter and a video giving you all the stuff you need. So instead of you having to become a scholar and studying all this stuff, you can just sign up for the light bearers letter. The sign up thing on my display is not for my prayer letter. Like if you want my prayer letter, let me know, I'll send it to you. Um, but I'm guessing that you're not crushingly dependent upon my prayer letter to survive. Um, but if you want to know how to witness to Jewish people, sign up for the light bearers letter and we'll send you that information, okay? And so you get the light bearers letter and I send you that information and you're equipped. Now here's what you're gonna do, step one okay, or actually it's step two, is you're going to go visit your Jewish neighbor. You want to build relationship and show love, and you want to share the gospel, okay? And the Jewish holiday is really a great opportunity for you to have a point of contact. Do you remember that great big arc of relationship with all those points of contact that you want to share Christ? Every holiday gives you a point of contact where you can share Christ. So you can go over, beat on his door, he comes to the door, and you say... Happy holiday, next, next, next point. So I'm gonna start out by saying, Chag Zameach. Now do you see the H there? It's not an H, it's a So it's Chag Zameach, okay? But if you can't really do a you can just do an H and say Chag Zameach, okay? But if you wanna be really authentic, you can say Chag Zameach. Now many Jewish people are gonna know Chag Zameach, and some of them aren't. Some of them you say Chag Zameach, they might say Gesundheit, God bless you. Um, but many of them will know it. And they'll be like, whoa, you know Chag Sameach? I'm like, oh yeah, Chag Sameach Pesach. Happy, happy holiday uh, Passover. Anyway, and so you can say, look, or you can just say happy holiday, okay? You can just say it in English if you want. But it's, you know, if you want to be cool, you can say it, Chag Sameach, or you can just say happy holiday. So he comes to the door, you say Chag Sameach, okay? And then you've got some things in your hands. <laughs> you pull out your handy-dandy Passover card. You're like, where would I get a Passover card? Same place you get other cards. They'll have some Jewish cards. If you look around, generally there, there's a section for Jewish cards. And in the Passover card, you've got a Passover track. You're like, where in the world would I get a Passover track? Uh, maybe off my display. Okay, I give him a card, give him a track. Next slide, ta-ding. IBJM has all kinds of tracks. We would love to supply you with tracks. We, we can get you the tracks that you need for all the holidays. The next holiday coming up is Purim. Purim tracks are on the, on the display. So, so you show up and in one hand, you have your card with a track in it. And in your other hand, you have a plate with goodies on it. Now every holiday has its own special goodies. The goodies for Purim, which is the next holiday coming up, are called Hamantashen, which means, okay, this is weird, Haman's ears. Not, I'm not, so the, the Jewish tradition, Haman was such an evil, Haman, because Purim is about when God delivered them from destruction at the hands of Haman, the Persian Empire, and all that. So, so Haman was so evil that they paint him as like some kind of a monster, okay? And he had triangular ears in this idea that they have of this monster. And so they actually make cookies that are triangular. You take regular cookie, 
uh, and you fold up the sides so it makes like a tricolor hat and you put some jelly in the middle of it and you make these little triangular cookies and the, they call them hamantaschen. And uh, they're Haman's ears and all Jewish people around the world on Purim happily munch on Haman's ears. Um, it sounds funny, I know. Uh, and so, so I show up at the door and I've got both hands full. He comes to the door and I'm like, happy holidays, Chag Sameach. And he's like, Chag Sameach. Happy Purim, you know it's Purim. You, you're not Jewish. No, I'm a Baptist. You know I'm a Baptist. I'm not Jewish. <coughs> How do you know about Purim? It's in the Bible. I read about it in the Bible. Of course I know about Purim. He's like, wow, that's amazing. By the way, I got you a card. Really, you got me a Purim card? How nice. Whoa, and what is, what is this? Uh, it's a track about, it's a, it's, a, it's a paper that talks about Purim. It talks about the gospel is what it talks about on the basis of Purim. And he's like, really, you got me a Purim card and a Purim Paper, that's so nice. Oh, by the way, I have some, I have some hamantaschen. You have hamantaschen? Okay, I always tell people, scientific studies show that nobody gets offended when you bring cookies to the door. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, uh, now there are no scientific studies, but I'm pretty convinced. Uh, every holiday has its own tree. Um, so at Rosh Hashanah, which is Jewish New Year's, they, wish you, they don't wish you a happy New Year, they wish you a sweet New Year. And so the treat is apples covered in honey. Apples are sweet, honey is sweet. Apples covered in honey is really sweet. And so when wishing somebody a sweet new year, you give them apples covered in honey because that'll make for a sweet new year, okay? So that's the appropriate thing. So I come with a plate full of apples drizzled with honey. And then, and then for Passover, you have coconut macaroons. There's a reason I won't explain why. Uh, and then for Hanukkah, you have sufganyot. How many people here would like to eat something called a suvganya? Does that sound like something you'd be willing to eat or not? Okay. They're jelly donuts. I'm just telling you. You guys would be all in on them. They're jelly donuts. And I always tell people, you go to the store, you buy half a dozen jelly donuts. You put them on a plate, you go to the person's store, when you get to the door, strangely enough, there's only five. I don't know why that is. I buy six, but there's only five when I get to the door. It's, it's a mystery, okay? Anyway, and so you, you, know, you show up at the door, and you got jelly donuts. Trust me, nobody gets mad about jelly donuts. Never, okay? And so you come, and you say, Chag Sameach, happy holiday. Oh, by the way, I have this card for you from our family, wishing you a happy holiday. Oh, yeah, that paper, yeah, that's it's about the holiday. And about the gospel. Oh, by the way, I brought the treat, okay? And then I'm going to engage him in conversation. Okay, and the thing I'm going to ask him, first of all, is I'm going to say, so tell me, how do you celebrate this? How do Jewish people celebrate this holiday? How do they celebrate Purim? What do you guys do on Purim? I have to tell you, when, I went, when we moved to Russia, I would ask the Russians, so how do you celebrate this holiday? And the Russians would say, oh, mostly we drink vodka. And then we have the next holiday and say, how do you celebrate this holiday? And they say, uh, we drink vodka. And I pretty soon learned that most of the Russian holidays are all pretty similar. Uh, but Jewish holidays are different, okay? Uh, and, and they will tell you their traditions and, and, and how they celebrate. Because who, who doesn't want to talk about that stuff? It's fun, it's cultural, it's interesting. They love it, they love to share. And so you ask them, how do you celebrate it? And they'll be glad to tell you all about how they celebrate it. Okay, and you're learning more about them and their culture. Okay, and then I like to go from, how do you celebrate? It's kind of a very easy question. Now let's get a little more serious and I say, so what does the holiday mean to you? Oh, what does it mean to me? Well, let me think. And now we're talking about hard things. And after they tell me what it means to, to them, then I say, can I tell you what, it, what my favorite part of your holiday is? And they're like, you have a favorite part of our holiday? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, what is it? 
And you know, strangely enough, my favorite part of the holiday is always that part of it that points to Jesus. And I share the gospel with them. And at that point, it's really easy to share the gospel because we're talking. I brought them gifts. I showed respect for them. I asked him, how do you celebrate? I asked him, what does it mean to you? And now I share to him my favorite thing, and it's the gospel. And I've never had, they don't usually get, it's very unusual that any would be, anyone would be offended at that. Very often they're like, wow, I never thought about that. Now I'm not going to go into a lot more detail about how to do this because in your notes I've broken down several of the main Jewish holidays, okay? But I'm not going to go through them because tomorrow evening we're going to go into great detail about them. You do have a chart there that tells when all the holidays are for this year and next year, okay? And so March 23, 4 is Purim, so that's coming up next month. And um, we're already in February, can you believe that? And so in March 23, 4 is Purim. Purim is the time when they celebrate how God delivered them from Haman and the Persians. Uh, I'll tell you this, Jewish people, they have this thing about their holidays. They say, a Jewish comedian said, our holidays mostly all are about the same thing. Three things. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. <laughs> and, and, and that's really true. Three of the major Jewish holidays are about, they tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. And uh, that's, that's very frequently the case. Purim is one of those where, yeah, Haman and the crowd tried to kill us. We survived. Let's party. And so, so we will be talking in detail tomorrow night about the second one, about Passover or Pesach. We'll be talking about that tomorrow night. So we'll go into detail about that. So that's the basic thing that I was going to do about holidays and evangelism. That basic format, show up at the door, have the treat, have a card with a track, uh, wish them a happy holiday, give them the treat, give them the card and the track, ask them how they celebrate it, what it means to them, and then share Christ. That's a, a great way. That gives you many opportunities every year. Every time they have a holiday, you have an opportunity to witness. And, and this is a really great way to do. If you look through the notes, you can see that you have notes here about several of the holidays, about Purim, pa Passover, Pesach, about Holocaust Remembrance Day, Israeli Independence Day, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Hanukkah. And so those are all in there. We don't have time to go over those today, but you've got those notes. And if you want, you can sign up for the Light Bearer's Letter, and you'll have more information about that. Okay, how am I doing? Okay, in 14 minutes we did the holidays. That gives us 16 minutes left to do Q&A. Now, that means you have to have questions, okay? Anybody have a question? Yes, ma'am. I couldn't hear a word you said. Can you say that about eight times louder? Is it hard to learn a language? So can I give you two answers to that question? Number one is, yes, it's an enormous amount of work. You want to know the other answer? It's really fun work. Uh, it's, it is, it's, it's a lot of work to learn another language, but it's really interesting to learn another language. It's very cool. In fact, it's so much fun. I'm studying one right now just because I don't need to, but I want to. Yo ahora estudio español. I'm currently studying Spanish. <coughs> because I just want to know Spanish. I've always wanted to know Spanish. So I don't know the, 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 the language that they speak in Israel is Hebrew. And I know some Hebrew words, but I don't really know the Hebrew language well. <coughs> I speak English pretty well. I'm really good at English. I'm really good at Russian, and I'm learning Spanish. So that's my third language. I'm having fun with it. How many people here? How many people here? Yes, sir. Did I see your hand up? Oh, no, okay. Uh, how many people here speak a language other than English? 
Okay, what do you got? Sign language? Excellent, excellent. Do you know what they told me when I got to Russia? They said, what do you call somebody who speaks many languages? And I said, um, multilingual? And they were like, yes. What do you call somebody who speaks two languages? They said, I said, bilingual? And they were like, right. What do you call somebody who speaks one language? And I was like, uh, I don't know. They said, American. Ooh, not a compliment. I want to encourage you guys. Learning another language is incredibly beneficial. You'll find it opens all kinds of doors to you. Yes, sir. What an interesting question. Shane, you remember the conversation we had the other day about whether that now, I have a whole session that I don't have time to do. Uh, give me another hour, I'll teach another lesson. Uh, no, we won't do that to you. Yeah, I know everybody's interested in lunch. The word messianic means different things to different people, okay? To some people, messianic means somebody who believes in Messiah. And so to some people, a messianic Jew is just a Jewish person who believes in the Messiah. Okay, which is fine. You can use it that way. That's a legit way of using the word. And I have a lot of friends who are Messianic Jews in the sense that they're Jewish people who believe in Jesus Messiah. Okay, but in addition, there is a thing called the, the Messianic movement. Okay, that believes in starting Messianic congregations. They don't want to call them churches because they, they don't want to associate with you and I. Uh, they, these are Messianic congregations and we saw one in Richmond and one over in Dayton. There's probably more than one in Dayton. These are... They're essentially like a Jewish-flavored church. They would say, we believe in Jesus, but we're not going to worship him in the Gentile way like First Baptist of Eaton. Instead, we're going to worship him in a Jewish way. And, and, and we're going to have a Messianic congregation. Now, the weird thing about that is that most of the people, 80 to 90% of the people in the Messianic congregation are actually Gentiles who are Jew wannabes. Uh, very few of those people are actually Jewish. Most of them are Gentiles who have decided that it's better to worship God in the Jewish way than the Gentile way. And there's a whole raft of problems with that concept. Uh, and I don't have time to teach the lesson, but let me, let me say that the first thing is, is that God said, Ephesians chapter 2, that his plan that was from two to make one new man. That, that, that in Christ, the middle wall of division between Jew and Gentile has been broken down, and that in Christ, he's building one new man, that the church is supposed to be made up of believing Jews and believing Gentiles worshiping together. That's God's plan. That's God's plan that, that First Baptist and Eaton would be made up of believing Jews and believing Gentiles worshiping God together, okay? And that's what we want to go for. The Messianic movement is saying, no, we're going to have a separate church that's going to be a Jewish church. And God never wanted there to be a, a Gentile church and a Jewish church. Sometimes the way I say it is, the church is the bride of Christ. He doesn't really need two brides, a Jewish bride and a Gentile. He wants one bride. So the church is supposed to be together, of all of us serving together. And I, I, now I've said all of that, and I'm not even sure. If, now I'm trying to remember. What was your question exactly? All over the map, all over the map. So people who go to the Messianic congregation, like I said, 80 to 90% of them aren't Jewish at all, 
Okay, they're, they're Gentiles who are going to a Messianic congregation. Of the Jewish people who believe in Jesus, many of them don't call themselves Messianic because that identifies them with a movement that they don't really like. Okay, my friends who are Jewish don't, call, don't generally call themselves Messianic Jews because that will identify them with that movement. They're not comfortable with that. But the people in that, that, so let's take somebody that goes to a Messianic congregation and identifies as a Messianic Jew. Many of them are going to be saved, but far away, not all of them. There are Messianic congregations who deny the deity of Christ, okay? Who say, oh, we believe Jesus is Messiah, but the Jewish people don't believe Messiah is God. They believe Messiah is a great leader like Moses or, or David. And so they say, yeah, Messiah, Jesus is Messiah. He's a great leader. But no, he can't be God because we Jews are monotheists. There's only one God. He's up there. He's not, so Jesus isn't God. And so denying the deity of Christ, they're not saved people. Okay. Now, I would say more Messianic Jews are probably saved. Okay. Although there are some issues with the movement. Um, but some of them are not. And so they're... they're and really, the word all over the map is very appropriate because their, their belief systems are everywhere. Yeah, and, and they're really prone to doctrinal weirdness. Okay, so the word is Mashiach, and it means Messiah. So when you read the scriptures... In the Bible, we will see the word Messiah and we will see the word Christ, okay? Now, neither one of those started out as English words. When they went to translate the Bible, there was no word Messiah, there was no word Christ, but the translators were translating the Old Testament and they came across the word Messiah and they said, we don't really have that word. And so, well, they came across the word Mashiach, the Hebrew word for Messiah, okay? And they said, uh, in English, we don't really have that word. Let's just like transliterate it. We'll just like Englishize it. And so they took the word Mashiach and they just invented the word English word Messiah. And so Messiah is the equivalent of a Mashiach. Okay? And then they were reading the Greek New Testament and they found the word Christos. And they said, yeah, we don't really have that word. We'll, we invented a word named Christ. And so Messiah is from the Hebrew Mashiach and Christ is from the, the Greek Christos. Now the interesting thing is all of these words are the same word because Mashiach and Christos both mean the anointed one, okay? So the anointed one is the meaning of it, and if you want to say it in Hebrew, it's Mashiach. If you want to say it in Greek, it's Christos. If you want to say it in English, it's Messiah or Christ. Did I confuse that situation sufficiently? Okay. Yeah, they all mean the same thing. Yes, ma'am. There are rabbis that have gotten saved. I don't personally know rabbis who have gotten saved. Yeah, good question. Excellent. Um, usually then they get run out of being rabbis really quick. Then they get really, the Jewish community gets pretty down on them pretty quick. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good one. Uh, I have no earthly idea. Uh, so the question was, so there's been so much intermarriage. Right now, Jewish, the, the rabbis are in an, a lather panic about the enormous amount of integration of, most Jewish young people are not marrying Jewish. 
they're marrying whoever they fall in love with, who's usually a Gentile, and there's, so there's a, an awful lot of intermarrying with the Gentiles. And that's been a problem for a long time, and it's a huge problem. Uh, the Jewish people would consider it a huge problem right now. Uh, they call it assimilation. Okay, they're assimilating into Gentile culture. And so how much Jewish blood do you have to have to be considered Jewish? There's no good answer that I know about it. I will say this. In Jewish culture and in Israeli law, you're Jewish if your mother is Jewish. Your father being Jewish or not doesn't make a difference. It's whether or not your mother is Jewish. And you say, why would that be? Because scripturally, if you look at it, it's always based on the dad. But in current Jewish culture and in Israeli law, it's based on the mom. And you say, why is that? And the answer, excuse me, is because we're not sure who your dad was, but it's pretty obvious who your mom was, okay? And so they base it on the mom. Uh, how, how, how much Jewish does that mom have to be? I don't know, it depends on her mom. Um, and so the Jewish people would, would claim that it's based on the mom. Uh, they don't have a percentage that they require. Uh, in a really uncomfortable thing to say, Hitler decided that if you were 25% Jewish, you were Jewish enough to go to the ovens. So Hitler's theory was 25% is enough. Um, what does God think? I don't know. I think if I was 4% Jewish, I would think my, I, 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 would, I would claim it. You know? I, I don't know how many, I don't know. There's not an answer to that question. Uh, some people claim that they're full-blooded Jewish, and I really actually have doubts that that exists. Um, there's been, over the, over the millennia, there's been so much intermarriage and so, much, so many different things that have happened. It's interesting that Jews from Poland look like Polacks and Jews from Arab countries look like Arabs and Jews from Ethiopia look like Ethiopians. That's mm, got to be more than cultural. Okay. Anyway, so I, I, I don't know. There, there is no appropriate answer to that question. Uh, we don't know the answer to that. That's a good question, though. Yes, sir. From every tribe, 12,000 from each tribe, yeah. I don't think they have to be full, I don't think they have to be 100% Jewish. There's nothing that says that. You, you would suppose, he's asking what, what, what about the, the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe that's talked about in, in Revelation. And that's really interesting because nobody knows what happened to 10 of the tribes. All we know about is the two, Judah and uh, Benjamin, right? Uh, but God knows. And God knows where they're at, and he's going to bring them about. And that, that's really interesting. We had a question up top. That's a really good question. Okay, so if they're strict Orthodox, no, they wouldn't. But there aren't that many of them that are strict Orthodox. And so most of them would accept it with great pleasure. Okay, excellent question. <coughs> Uh, we kind of do a don't ask, don't tell. I don't know where you got these donuts, but they look good, so we're just going to take them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it usually goes. But you know, you're, you're right. There are people that are so strict on their, their dietary stuff <coughs> that if it wasn't made at home in their own kitchen, they won't eat it, period. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of extreme. And you know, even if they said, no, I won't take it, it's still a gesture that shows love. So you communicated love either way. Okay, did I see something over here? Yes, sir. Uh, 
I don't know, I don't personally know of anybody that is, but it might be that there, there are still Samaritans in Israel that worship in the religion of the Samaritans. Um, it's a small group. Actually, most of the Samaritans are here in the States now. Uh, <coughs> many of them immigrated to the U.S. Um, but there's not a huge number of them, and I don't, I don't know, but I probably wouldn't, because uh, it's just not, I, I, don't, I don't run in that circle. Uh, I, I, I know quite a few, but I, you know, a lot of times people say, do you know this person or that person that's in Jewish ministry, and I often don't. That happened to me already this morning. Um, so I might know them if they're in Jewish ministry, and there's something else I probably wouldn't know them. And I don't, know, I don't personally know anybody that's involved in ministry to the Samaritans. Do you have an interest in the Samaritans? Have you ever met a Samaritan? Have you? Here? No, okay. Okay. Yeah, there are Samaritans. It's, I mean, they, they, they're, they're still out there and they still worship according to their Samaritan religion. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, ma'am. On the Holy Spirit? Doesn't exist. Um, they don't believe in the Trinity. She asked, What's a, what, what, is your, what is the Jewish perspective on the Holy Spirit? They don't believe in the Trinity. And so when they, when they see the Spirit of God, they just say, well, that, you know, that's this, you know, God's Spirit. But it's like, it just means his influence. It doesn't, it's not a separate entity. That would be their thing. Yeah. And, and I say that, that's what most Jewish people would say. Actually, what most Jewish people would say is, I don't understand the question. Um, <laughs> Uh, because they're just not conversant. Those who know something would say, yeah. Most of them, I think, would answer the way I said, although, you know, you can find somebody in the Jewish that believes anything that you can imagine. Because, they, like I said, they tend to be all over. Okay? Um, any other questions? Okay. So, perhaps this morning has drug and seemed eternal to you. To me, it feels like it just flew by, and I can't believe we're at, it's already 1 o'clock, and we've got to stop. Uh, hate it. Um, however, tomorrow morning, during the Sunday school hour, I'm going to give you the five ways, easy-peasy ways, to start a conversation with a Jewish person. And maybe you feel, like, intimidated or daunted about witnessing to a Jewish person, but after Sunday school, you're going to be like, I can do that. That's hard. And so five things during the Sunday school hour about how to start a conversation with a Jewish person, and we're going to have some fun with it. Then during church hour, I'm going to share with you a gripping true story about something that happened and how you can use the Old Testament scriptures to share, the, share Christ. And then tomorrow night, we're going to do a Passover Seder here at the church. So that's the plans. Pastor, I will turn it back over to you then. Very good. Well, I appreciate um, no, you're good. Appreciate uh, Brother Sam doing that, and uh, I, I agree with him. I'm just like it's one o'clock already. I could keep him going. So uh, maybe that just means we're going to have to have you come back again. So well, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, that's that's been so great this morning, and uh, I've learned already so much. And. Uh, really looking forward to tomorrow as well. Um, and do make sure you go back by his table back there. If there's any questions you'd like to ask him, any information um, that you can get, I would definitely sign up for uh, that newsletter he's talking about. And then obviously if you want to um, 
get Brother Sam's prayer letters as well. You can ask him about that. Um, I, did, I do think that he mentioned uh, that the list back there is not for his prayer letter. It's for that newsletter he was talking about. So don't sign up on there. I know a lot of missionaries, they'll have a, a paper back there. You sign up, you're going to get their, their, their prayer letter uh, through email. That's not what that paper is back there. So make, just make sure you understand that. Uh, again, if you want to get his prayer letter, great. You know, ask him about that. Um, is that correct, Brother Sam? Did I, did I say that right? That paper back there is not for your prayer letter. Correct. It's for that newsletter you were talking about. Yes. Okay. So make sure if you're interested in that, um, do uh, see that. And then, of course, be right back here tomorrow morning, 930. Uh, we're going to do a combined Sunday school uh, in here. Um, and uh, then, of course, the 1030 service and uh, 6 o'clock as well. So looking forward to a great day tomorrow. And uh, it's already been great today. And appreciate Brother Sam coming up and just sharing his heart um, by reaching the Jews and things. And so it's, uh, it's an awesome thing. And so glad you were able to come out today. Let's go ahead and we'll end in a word of prayer. And then you'll be free to go and do whatever you'd like. Father, we do thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, just thank you for just the, just the information that Brother Sam has brought this, this morning and uh, just learning from it. And I do pray that you would just help us not just to take this and just be like, oh, it's was, it was great to, to learn some things, but uh, Lord, to really try to apply it. Uh, Lord, that we might uh, try to reach out to, to Jewish people about Jesus Christ and uh, just to love them. Uh, Lord, we know that you love them and help us to love them as well not just in word, but even uh, taking some of these things that he's talked about. And even tomorrow, as we learn how to, uh, how to, how to start a conversation with them and how to be able to, uh, to approach them and talk with them about, uh, about the Lord and uh, just befriending them, I pray that you just help us in these things. And just thank you for the day. Just give us a great day tomorrow uh, in services as well. And uh, thank you for your love, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Make sure you bring your uh, notes back tomorrow, right? Don't be like, oh, well, I'll get another one tomorrow, right? Just try to bring those back. And if anybody didn't get one uh, this morning, you need one. We've got a few of them up here. Uh, but make sure you bring those back tomorrow. Write your name on it so you know whose it is. Yeah. Six-tenths of one percent of NFL kickoffs were were run back for touchdowns in 2022, so, yep, not a lot. <laughs>